Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. In the valley, on the mountain, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted in his flame. Amidst the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. Rabia the Mystic. The music that is playing in the background, and I cannot hear it on my phone, but I'm hoping that you all can, is Be Still Thy Soul. And it is a challenge to each of us to be open to the the intuition within us and to respect our connection one to the other. And while it's playing, I'm going to lead you through a beginning meditation. And I welcome you to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara, and I have a volunteer uh, co-host today, Amla. And so I feel very fortunate in that regard. And when you meditate, one of the things that I encourage people to do is act as though your nose is in the soles of your feet because that permits you to have a longer breath that pulls the breath up and it hopefully gets your focus on covering the body space as opposed to on holding your breath. Because people who focus on holding their breath many times have their whole mind occupied with that and don't relish the moment of going through the chakras. So the next step is you pull your breath up to the front of your calves, up your thighs, pull the breath across your buttocks, and now you're going to be in the zone of fear, the base chakra. And oh, it drives all of us. It drives all of us. And it comes from this earth. So why don't you push that back down into the earth from which it came. And pull now a fearless breath up to your sacral chakra. And that is the zone of creativity. Excuse me, that is the zone of creativity. I said that twice. And in that zone is your divine purpose. So start pulling fearless air into your sacral chakra and now pull fearless, creative breath up into your solar plexus, the zone of healing, and feel the yellow energy healing, infusing your body with healing energy as you pull the next breath. And you're sipping. You're not holding your breath. You're singing. You're singing about unifying with the divine one, with all that is. Fearless, creative, healing breath up into your heart. And you may find, as many of us do find, and we're going to keep going even though the music starts, stops, excuse me. We're going to keep going, but you may find that in your heart that you tend to cover your it up with your shoulders. 
So I'm going to invite you, as you infuse it with fearless, creative healing breath, to square your shoulders, open your heart up, and allow yourself to love and be loved. The next breath, fearless, creative, healing, loving breath, comes up to your throat chakra. And we'll start, be still, thy love, one more time, just a little bit of it anyway. Because it's inspiring you to feel the light. And what we're going to do is as your throat chakra, that is actually almost the zone of war. How many, how many people have we uh, influenced with our words and how many people have influenced us? Our words are huge in causing the discord that causes us to curl around our heart. So as you pull fearless, creative, healing, loving energy up into your throat chakra, I call that the zone of forgiveness. Forgive yourself the words that you work on to heal with, the words that you try to say, oh, I wish I hadn't said that, and forgive those who have said words to you that have caused you to feel afraid and unhappy. Now, pulling your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving energy up. Go to the zone between your eyes, the third eye, the zone of manifestation. And imagine yourself as the being that you want to be today. Don't go too far out there. We're only in the present. Let's just start with today. What so often happens is we manifest, and we manifest such a far scale way out that we become cloaking our heart again because we're not meeting those manifestations. Let's just go for today. Let's keep it bite-sized. And now pull your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting breath up. And imagine that the top of your head is a baseball cap. Lift it off and pull that energized breath up through the top of your head and feel a piper tubing of breath. And your breath is going through it and it's sparkling as it unites with the breath of God, of all that is, of Allah, Yahweh. Feel your breath energizing. Feel that connection and reach your hand out and hold the hand of God. Know that all that is always, you are never alone, but you are always all one. And now breathe out, and you're going to breathe out, going through your chakras, I am enough, as you go past forgiving, as you go past loving, as you go past healing, as you go past creative, and as you continue to allow fear to go into the ground from whence it came. Now that was many more than three breaths. But if you can see yourself as enough and as being just who you need to be right now, And you can repeat that process. It only took about four minutes. 
So most people say they're too busy to spend time meditating. So you do it three times. That's about 12 minutes. Not much time. So now we're going to, uh, uh, I'm going to invite Amla into the show. But before I do, I want you to know what the topic is today. And I think that Albert Einstein said it perfectly. A human being is a part of a whole called by us the universe. A part limited in time and space, he experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circles of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Albert Einstein... Amla, I'm going to put you on now. Hello. Amla, welcome today. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Uh, is there anything that you would like to add at this point, or do you want me to continue on? I just think it's, it's wonderful. Um, it's interesting. I, I had a yoga class. Exactly what you're talking about with Einstein and the sense, you know, we're all part of a whole and uh, being connected. Um, actually, it was was chanting I am whole, so to speak, in my uh, inner voice in my class today during Warrior. So that was pretty interesting that you – it's all connected, oh, right? That's, yes, <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's really good. Yes, so, we, so we're, we're definitely uh, supposed to be sharing this time here today together, and I want you to know how much I appreciate it uh, because um, – 45 minutes can go very quickly, uh, and it also can go very slowly if I'm doing a monologue. So it's nice yes. to have you here. Thank oh, you. Thank you. So I'm, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and put you on the – unless it sounds like you're pretty quiet right now. If, if, we start, if you start needing to move around, I'll put you on the muted. Otherwise, I'm just going to leave you open mic, okay? I'm just fine. Okay, so last week, uh, for those of you, not last week, week before last, I didn't have a show last week, uh, those of you who listened, we had two people who called in, and, and they, they were interested in their love lives, and they were interested in uh, knowing about these men who uh, were out of their lives now for various reasons it it was an interesting dynamic for me because of the fact that it demonstrates the connection that we all have i was able to talk to them about those persons i could also feel those persons the energy the men who were no longer a part of their life because we are all connected my friends we are all connected. So I'm not unique. If you would allow yourself to believe in that divine part of yourself, then you would start finding your intuitions were sensitive to the events that were going on around you. That you were sensitive to the feelings, the movements, the thoughts of the people in the room with you. It doesn't make anyone who recognizes that special. It, it instead is drawing forth the fact that it is within all of us. 
to sense the entire whole if we allow ourselves to be calm and open to that possibility. So that was a very good example. Now, my granddaughter thought that I was giving advice to the lovelorn and that that might be a better theme for the show. So excuse <laughs> me, I have to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought that was funny. Uh, I, the thing is, I'm not interested in ratings. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> you know, I'm interested. I think that people come here like Amla today, which is so wonderful. They come uh, because uh, this might be the right time and the right place for them to hear something, or they might have something to contribute. And then they may never come back, but that's okay with me because there'll be someone new who comes. But the thing that I want you to know about the last show was not that I'm able to sense parts of the connection, but that all of you are able to sense the connectiveness between us. All of us have that. And yet we divide ourselves into groups, and I call it tribalism. And as we divide into these tribalistic groups, we then begin not only honoring our separateness, I call it our disconnectedness, but we also begin shunning those who don't have the same values of our group. And in that process, we create marches where Millions of people are walking around the world, and yet they're invisible to some. And there's justification for that invisibility. You know, people say, oh, well, you know, we just had an election. Uh, What are they trying to do? I don't agree with them. No matter what our thoughts are about whether we marched or we didn't march, the reality is all those people came together and marched as one body, even though separated by time and distance, because they felt the need to march. So I I would encourage us to open ourselves up to looking at the similarities between us and others rather than judging the idea that they don't fit into our group of disconnectedness. Very interesting. And and I recognize that that's a little political. And Alma, if you wanted to, did you want to add anything? Because I was going to go on and tell a little story, but is there something you would? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm just so fascinated by what it's, I definitely, there's always a reason for everything. I'm so glad I tuned in to this show. Um, yeah, I love what you said about, you know, the, the separation and, and, and disc- I mean, in the sense of, like, everybody feels like they're separate, but we all are one, and I love that example of the march. It's very, very true, and um, I really connect with, so to speak, being, feeling like I am disconnected because I'm also legally blind. Um, oh, wow, so yes. Just, yes. Yeah, so it's just very so fascinating because all I'm about is oneness and openness and non-judgmental like I really want to be free with I'm a free spirit 
So um, yes, it's 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 just it. I'm just really resonating. I'm glad that you're you're uh, you're talking about this. I'm just really why. Thank yeah. you, Alma. Thank you. So what I want to yeah. share with uh, you all is a story. Now, I have been different my whole life, okay? My grandpa was a healer. He could literally, not some guy who rode around in a dog in a wagon with horses and stuff. I mean, he was someone that people came to, and he was able to heal things. He would touch them. And one time he said to me, what, he said to me, it's not that I do. And my grandpa is comfortable with the word God. Uh, I the only problem I have with the word God is I recognize that God is known by n- many names, but I'm concerned that so many people make their name the only right name that I try to use words like universe and all that is, such as Albert Einstein did. But yeah. for purposes, uh, if I'm saying God, I'm not saying I'm not not saying Allah. I'm not not saying Yahweh. I'm not not saying any other word. You know, I'm basically believing in all that is. And I I kind of resisted in today's world uh, that where we really are driven in the United States by the Protestant work ethic, I resisted yeah. the idea that I was different. I didn't want to be different. I want to be, mm-hmm. I didn't want to feel things. I didn't want to intuit things. I didn't want to see things. Uh, and and so as a consequence, uh, in struggling to keep myself into the norm, I uh, became very much a workaholic. All, that's all I did was the law. I did the law, I did the law, I did the law. And and that's all I was, was a lawyer. I completely, except for my children, uh, I, I basically cut myself off from society. And now I've reached a place where I started reaching this place over time and crucial in reaching the realization that I am connected to everyone and a part of the whole was reading Don, um, let's see, Donald Walsh's books, conversations with God and I read them all the way through and I don't read books all the way through but I did and you know Alma I really recommend uh, that you look at the communion with God one it's a great book and one of the books that he wrote that I have never read but he they wrote about it uh, to me has a lesson for all of us And I think it's called The Littlest Soul or The Little Soul. And the story goes something like this. uh, There was an assemblage, and we're going to use religious characterizations, uh, and I think that most of the faiths have angels and all of this, so we're going to use religious characterizations, uh, and then I'll share with you the Kabbalah idea. but so God is standing in, in a room talking to a group of very old angels who had experienced all there was to experience in life. I mean, they had, they were sage, they were wise, they were glistening with the love and recognition of each other that they came to have. And a little angel walks up and he says, God, God, I want to forgive and the little and God looks at the little angel and he says, "Little angel, there's nothing to forgive here." You know, I mean, this was a bright, glistening little soul who had not did not have the lustrous illumination 
of having traveled through and experienced all of the emotions there were to experience. And the little angel became very disheartened. So in the land of perfection, the little angel was not feeling perfect because he was not having things as he wanted them. He was instead being forced to accept perfection. No discord. And then this very old, wise angel stepped out. And as he stepped out, the room lit up with the beauty of his soul and the kindness and his recognition that we are all one, that we are all connected. And he said, little angel, I'll let you forgive me. And the little angel goes, ooh, he's all excited, and he flies up, and his wings go into the air. And the old soul says, I ask only one thing. And the little angel says, anything, anything. And he said, I, the old soul said, I ask you remember who I am. Can you imagine when someone harms us, if instead of getting angry and drawing up our ego defenses and getting fearful that they're threatening our existence, we can look at them and remember who they are. That doesn't mean that we tolerate intolerant behavior, not on any level. That doesn't mean that we allow others to harm people, that we we condone acts of uh, unkindness, that we respect um, behavior that uh, denigrates others. It doesn't mean that at all. What it means is that as we act, we act forth, we go forth, with compassion, remembering that we are all connected to each other and that fear is driving those people. And we try to allow love and wily thinking like a fox to drive ourselves. So we see more in them than they are showing. So you don't have to bow down and give in to disreputable behavior in order to see more in another than they are showing and in order to forgive. The forgiveness is for each of us so that we don't allow ourselves, and we're only in control of ourselves. We don't allow ourselves to become captured with fear and anger and ego-driven behavior and not know the peace of recognizing our connection to all that is, our unity of spirit. Because we have no control over any other people. The only person, this is true even for our children, we have control over is ourselves. And as much as we may will that other people engage in behavior in a particular way, we cannot enforce that. But we can enforce how we act. 
And so here is a story. At one point, I've gone through several faiths, and now I think I'm all faiths. And one story that I uh, read when I was taking an online course on the Kabbalah, trying to understand it, I was studying with a rabbi, and I thought uh, for a moment that a faith was the answer to the discord I felt inside of me. The fact that after I did the liturgy in my church, I got a migraine headache. I came to know that the migraine headache was a problem of the disconnection that was being created within the church by our labeling some people as good and some people as doomed to a place that is full of evil, which is what the devil is, D-apostrophe-E-V-I-L. Once again, a group uh, celebrating the disconnection, not the connection of all. Not bad-spirited people, not mean, very kind, would never treat, uh, I don't believe, would ever treat anyone differently who didn't fit into their prescribed beliefs about what is right. But they would view that person and felt comfortable talking about that person behind their back as sinners. And so... As I'm studying, I decide I'm going, I learned that there's this concept of the Kabbalah, which is far too mystical. I was not involved with a rabbi long enough to talk to you in depth about the Kabbalah, but it has like these layers between earth and all that is. I think the layer in my mind is is one very simple one, Um, life and death. (laughs) You know, you become part of all that is the minute you die. But in any event, this Kabbalah story helped me understand things. So we have the Neil Donald Walsh books and the Littlest Angel, which helped me realize that when someone is harming me, I need to remember who they are. And that's for me, again. That is for me and my spirit. Because Can I, can I ask please, a question? Amla. Yes. I well, um, it's interesting we're talking about this because um, just generally, you know, I think it's somewhat of a paradox. How 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 would you um, view this? What's your take on this? Um, you know, we're we're talking about connectiveness and we're all one. And then mm-hmm. when you're on this path spiritually, any you know, and what love is the answer, pretty much. Right. And on this path, and we're all on this path of love. It's just differently. Mm-hmm. taken upon each person but the point mm-hmm. is is that and and let's let's i coming back to me in a way is that mm-hmm. what i'm having difficulty with is that yes we're all one but then i also feel isolated the paradox of it is i feel isolated because as i'm working on myself and my the, the peeling the layers of of shadow and ego and all that other stuff the love is coming out but i don't seem to in air quotes, fit in anymore. So what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, what do you think? Well, you need to know you're talking to someone who's never fit in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. So it's interesting, isn't it? We talk about oneness and we're all connected. We are. But Mm -hmm. then when you're on this path of, of oneness and love and, and, and unity and and 
you just unconditional love for each being on this planet. It's it's just interesting because I'm going through that right now. People isolated. Well, maybe this this story yeah. may help. Okay, now in terms of feeling isolated, where do you, may I ask Alma where you live? I'm in Connecticut. Okay, you know what? Um, let me quickly look here. I'm, I'm going to do a quick thing here. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this because I'm not one who proselytizes. But uh, give me a second. Um, sure. I'm looking to see. Yes, you have um, in Connecticut. There is a self-realization fellowship. Okay, I think I've heard of that. Where is that? It it says that it is Lake Shine, Lake Shrine, excuse me, Fellowship Lake Shrine. So these are people who are committed to the same, um, of course, I ended up with a map. It looks like it's in Hartford. Okay, Lake Shrine? That's what they call it, Self-Realization Fellowship. And that's two words, self and then realization, fellowship, lake, shrine. Shrine. Okay. Yes. And you're welcome because uh, that would put you in the space of other people who recognize the journey they're on and will make you less isolated. Okay. Thank you. You are so welcome. Yes. Okay. You you are so welcome. Yogananda, it was a tremendous teacher of the idea that we are all connected. And that's what the Self-Realization Fellowship is grounded in. But it's grown. Uh, It's grown, but it's a wonderful place to go. And um, I could read you a Yogananda's uh, quote, uh, it, it's, he is a wonderful, you really feel your connection with Yogananda. Uh, you really feel your I connection do. with, yeah, all that is. Yes. yes. You feel connected to all that is when you're in that group. I went to, I don't live in California anymore, but I used to go to, I think it's the Washington um, Self-Realization Fellowship, and I may be saying that wrong, but it was up in the mountains, up in the hills um, in Los Angeles, and I think it may have been one of the first ones. And what was amazing is I would go there and meditate, and I took my mother, okay. and my mother said, and my mother said to me, I would, like, I would sense uh, Yogananda being near me and inspiring me, and this was about 20-plus years ago, but I would there with me. And my mom, who uh, would would say, I see my dad. Wow. So it was like connecting with all that is, you know, what is here and what is not. It was beautiful. And so Where I do. Where are you? I live, I live on Bainbridge Island in the state of Washington now. Wow. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's good for me here. And uh, I probably, maybe I should take my advice about the self-realization and go to the fellowship here. So let me tell you, (laughs) and the the reason we all are on different parts of our journey, I really think is explained by this Kabbalah story. So the, the way the story is, all that is, was. 
So all that is, is. There's no doubt about it. It is. It just is. And so one day, in order to have uh, an experience of other than just being, such as we described with a little angel, where everything is perfect and there's no challenge, everything is, all that is decided to break itself like a vase into billions of pieces. And then in order to experience the joy of recognition, recognizing, all that is took away the memory for all the pieces of who they were collectively. And then they began the journey to finding and recognition and remembering Mm. to rejoining as one collective entity. I said recently to a friend, we were talking about something and I said the simple part of my life but also the complex part is that I do not really understand the word faith because I've never had to experience it. So I was born knowing and never lost that knowledge, that belief that we were connected. That doesn't mean I've had this serendipitous life. I'm not saying that at all, but (laughs) not at all. But it does mean that, you know, knowing that we are all connected is a journey. And it sounds, Alma, like you have gotten to a place where you are knowing that you're connected with others. And it's very frustrating when you first know to look around and see the people who don't realize that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because it makes you, at times, feel almost foolish for aiming to be higher in your conduct because you're on your journey, not their journey. Exactly, exactly. And so facing uh, someone else's rudeness or whatever other kind of behavior with kindness, that marks your soul. Yep. But they... They, they don't even get it necessarily. And unfortunately, in our society, and perhaps in others too, I can't say because I've only lived in the United States, we tend to treat kindness as weakness. And yet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It never can be. No. It is, it is it's never mis- weakness. It's an illusion. It's an illusion. Yes. Yes. It's it's love. There's no hidden agenda. There's no ulterior motive. And it's interesting, you know, like just one thing, what you were talking about maybe two minutes ago, which is, uh, uh, you know, feeling disconnected. And I feel like it's interesting, even with the so-called spiritual groups, I'm sure you, I I don't want to assume, but there are groups out there, you know, you go to places and you're just so open and they're like, well, and you get this, this hidden, uh, just very subjective 
connotation of the energy in the room saying, well, how spiritual are you? And it's like, oh, my goodness. Really? Yeah. Just here yeah. to just embrace and, and presence and, and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear what you're saying. I think that it's very difficult. Probably one of the real things that is the most difficult to tame uh, in our human existence is our ego. Yeah. And yes. that ego, and especially, and in this country, uh, you know, we we really do still experience. It's interesting. This topic has come up three days in a row for me. But in this country, we re- really yes. do still live the Protestant work ethic on some level. That if you are good, God will bless you with wealth, or God will bless you with good things, or God will bless you with good yes. health, and therefore the the opposite, the contra is then if you don't have all of these things, then you are somehow not good. And God is letting you know that. The reality is God doesn't create trash. So everyone is who they are supposed to be. And in my opinion, everyone, yeah. And everyone selected the life that they are living in order to have those experiences on their journey Yes. to take them to that illustrious spot where they know they have experienced all that is. Right. Right. And, you know, it's, uh, so there, it's this individual journey. And, many, and what we almost have to do is turn off the snide remarks that people say. You know, we, or, or that we sense they are saying, you know, uh, and, and, and also, and, and so be true to ourselves. If, if we sense someone is saying something and then we walk away and, and you know, because what happens is many times when you walk away, you will have that serendipitous moment where suddenly what they were actually trying to say hits you. Yes. And then you'll think, oh, wow. You know, you know what, that feels Okay. The challenge is then to go back to that person and say, hey, you know, I misunderstood you the other day, but I want you to know I really think what you said was right. Because then you are reaffirming in them their role as your teacher. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. You know, and and getting past the 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 negative feeling is basically, I would suggest that you try doing something um, that uh, I was taught when I was really little is okay. you want to cloak yourself with the gold, with like a golden globe. So you just kind of, when you start feeling and you feel, believe me, we all feel when we have negative feelings, whoops, someone else has just called in and I'll let them talk. Uh, I will get to you in just a moment. You, you start feeling that feeling uh, that makes you a little bit fearful because when we're fearful, that's when it's dangerous. So pull up your cloak, pull up your golden cloak. Remember, God is always with you. So just have God encircle you, be with you, reach out your hand, grab God's hand, hold on, and then with that protection, allow yourself to just listen without threat. I love that. Thank you. It's beautiful. You are 
Thank you so much. So I'm going to check in with this next person who's called in now, too. We are okay. getting short on time, but uh, don't go away, Emma. Hi, okay. how are you? This is Mara. Hello? Hello? Oh, hi. hi. What's, what's your name? Sheila. I was just listening. Hi. Okay, Sheila, we're going to let you listen. Hi, we don't have much time left, but it's so nice I that know. you're listening. And uh, so I'm, I'll just go ahead and you're welcome. Thank you. I'm going to put you back on mute, okay? Thank you. Thank you. So seeing more in others than they are showing us and allowing ourselves the freedom to learn lessons. Now, I grew up in the Cold War era. I'm 68 years old. So when I was a kid in Los Angeles, we would get under our desks to protect ourselves from nuclear war that was going to emanate from the Russians. We were afraid of the Russians. Now, then, and in that time, uh, I was a solid, good little Methodist girl, and so I could not allow my mind to think that God known as Allah might be the same God, or God known as Yahweh might be the same God, or the people who are going to a Buddhist temple, which I see as a philosophy, but they see as a religion, might be the same God. And all of those thoughts frightened me. They made me afraid. And the reason they made me afraid is because my group, my, my group of disconnected followers believed that you had to believe in Jesus Christ. And if you didn't believe in Jesus Christ, then you were doomed to this land where all was evil. And as a child, I was afraid about going to the land where all is evil. Terribly afraid. And as I started stripping away that fear, oh, my gosh, the world just began glistening. When I started seeing a bigger God that loved everyone, the world was just like, wow. But it took a long time. It took a long time for me to not be afraid of something different than what I had grown up believing. It really did. And I'd like to share with you a Jewish story that the rabbi shared with me. He gave me a book, really. I got it out of the book. I only have two minutes and 46 seconds left. Uh, We may go a little over the moment, but the people out there won't be able to hear it unless they come in later um so we have a a story and i'm i don't have the names in the front of my mind so i'm just going to give them we have ishmael who is a farmer and has a family with lots of children lots of children and and we have jacob who is a very wealthy merchant so jacob goes to the merchant and says rabbi goes to the rabbi excuse me and says rabbi rabbi i don't know how to deal with um pain and suffering. And the rabbi said, you know, I think Ishmael could teach you how to deal with pain and suffering. So the merchant in all of his splendor walked to Ishmael's house and he sees this hovel surrounded by children and this guy who's disabled out there working. And the, he goes up and he says, hi, do you know where Ishmael is? Because he is absolutely convinced he's at the wrong place. 
And Ishmael says, I'm Ishmael. And then Jacob says, well, the rabbi said uh, that I should come talk to you, that you had a lesson for me. And Ishmael looks at this rich man with all of his jewels and everything and wonders, what can I teach him? And pretty soon Ishmael's wife comes out and says, hey, dinner is served. And so they all went into Ishmael's home and they sat around the table. And in the seat of honor, they put the merchant, Jacob. And they laughed and talked as Ishmael's wife dished out the food, which was potato stew. And there was one large potato in the pot. And Ishmael's wife gave that potato to the merchant. And then Ishmael's family, the rest of them got this potato broth, juice, and bread. And everyone ate and ate and ate and laughed and told stories. And it was beautiful. But then Ishmael looked at Jacob and he says, Jacob, why did the rabbi send you to me? And Jacob said, he, the rabbi said, you could teach me about suffering. And Ishmael said, suffering? I don't know anything about suffering. The rabbi was mistaken. I have a beautiful house, a lovely wife, gorgeous children, and enough food to share with a new friend. There are lessons out there, my friends. We can all connect and hear those lessons feel those lessons, know those lessons. Everything is not necessarily as it appears. But as long as we keep our shoulders hunched around our heart, protecting ourselves from learning new things, from growing in the presence of all that is, as long as we forget the words of the lovely Jesus of Nazareth, love God with your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love others as you love yourself. Remembering to look at yourself, value yourself, know that you are only in charge of yourself, and your kindnesses are from you. Not about other people, not about their judgments, but about who you are. When we can do that, we are connected. Ladies, I thank you so much for joining me today, and I, uh, Alma and Sheila, and I send you peace and love. Thank you. Peace be with Thank you. Let me just say, Sheila. Sheila, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I send you peace and love. I will be back in two weeks, and I hope the two of you are here again. Uh, I very much appreciate talking with you today. Namaste, which means I salute your inner divinity. Namaste. Peace be with, peace be with each of you. Goodbye until next time.